Did you finish painting your doors white? I did not finish painting my doors yet. Uh, it's been two days. Cut me a break. Elizabeth and I just had a lot of fun um, for the last 15 minutes trying to test the audio because we have noticed in the last couple of weeks, I have sounded very quiet or we've both sounded quiet. The audio has been weird. I don't know what happened. We didn't do anything different. No, we didn't do anything different. Maybe you just like, did you just start whispering all of a sudden and I no, didn't notice it? Not that I know of. Not to oh, my knowledge. That's weird. But it was really fun because... Um, I just really wish that we had audio of our <laughs> It was test. terrifying. We it actually like... listened. <laughs> the, laughs, the laughs were reverberating, and it sounded like someone was getting they murdered. They were reverberating. It sounded like someone was getting murdered, and there was, like, ghosts in the house, like, laugh, like cackling evilly, and then... And then it was like reverberating, and then we were laughing at the sound of at the laughs the reverberation. Yes, it was, it was. It was a lot. It was terrifying, and I would just like to say, I'm sorry that we are releasing all of these so late this week. We're Home just a girl. day behind in everything. Homegirl has had a hell of a week, so yeah, you have. I'm drinking some wine. You should. It's white. I noticed that. I know. It's because I'm going, Matt and I are having Greek meatballs tonight. Nice. You know. What kind of ground meat are you using? Ground turkey. Okay. You got to send me this recipe because I got ground turkey it's in my so fridge. It's so good. It's send so me good. that I'll shit. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Send me that shit. So, but speaking of um, sounding like someone was getting murdered uh, just in time because we're doing a true crime this week. Holler. Except no one gets murdered, so that's good. Oh, Spoiler no. alert, no one dies. So it's not a murdery crime. It's not a murdery crime, but it is a crime. It better and, be good. Oh, I, ooh. So this is a subject that I feel like I have just been complaining about for weeks. And you're probably going to be like, thank God she's doing it. Now I don't have to listen to her talk about it anymore. So, you're wearing your t-shirt again. I know. I should put mine on. <laughs> Honestly, like, when am I not wearing this shirt when we're recording? Never. There was one time you didn't, and I was concerned. I was like, is she okay? I'm nervous that it's going to start, like, deteriorating. It's my favorite long sleeve t-shirt. It is the best. So, anyways, I'm going to take you on a trip in the way back, but not, like, two way back machine. So... Reginald Archibald, and I'm just going to refer to him as Archibald moving forward because trying to say his first name and his last name all together is too much for me right now. Not at 5, Reg? 10 PM. Reginald? Oh, we could just call him Reg. Reg? Yeah. Reggie? Yeah. We'll just, no, he's not cute. We'll just call him Reg. Oh, um, then Archibald for sure. Archibald. So he joined the Rockefeller University Research Hospital in 1940. He served as a senior physician for 32 years, so between 1948 and uh, 1980, he was a senior physician there, and he became a professor emeritus in 1980. So I'm not really too familiar with what that term means. It sounds like it's probably just like 
a very high no up idea. teaching, like a teaching um, physician. Um, and then he became a senior professor like emeritus. Oh, he fancy. Like if you've ever seen yeah. Masters of Sex, it's probably like that because it's like a research university hospital. And then these people are like right, really, exactly. really high up smart. Yeah. So he became a totally. senior professor. Oh, for sure. Senior professor emeritus in 1987. And his focus was on research and medical treatments to help children that were small for their age or considered small for their age. Um, and they were not maturing physically as to be expected. So maybe children that could have been born prematurely and they just weren't developing as quickly as other children or on the same like spectrum as other, as other kids. So his former patients remembered him as a, a von, a von, a von avun. Did you say French? A, doesn't it sound natural? A V U N. C-U-L-A-R. I don't even think that's a real world, real word. But he was authoritative. And yeah. Um, with he had white hair as he grew older, and they also remembered his like strange methods as a doctor. So their allegations suggested a pattern of sexual abuse from the 1950s through the 1970s among patients as young as six years old and as old as 17 years old. So that's Reg. Now I'm going to give you a little bit of details about the um, some of the victims of Reg. Okay. And before I start going into that, I want to kind of give you an idea of what the theme of this episode is about. And it's about the Child Victims Act and statutes of limitations. So there's particular potentially some sensitive content is what I'm hearing you say. Yes. Okay. So know that moving forward, but we are going to talk about some legal jargon as we get towards the end, because statutes of limitations, just as it in general is such a confusing, not confusing, but it's such a, like, I've never really understood how, how that works like you can do a crime but after a while it just is like oh okay exactly and and yeah. and i understand why they exist like it's obvious why they exist but yeah. it's just it's it's such a how do you catch- come to that conclusion and yeah. yeah like it's such a catch-22 it should be case by case but we're good into it so the first uh victim that i'm going to talk about his name is harold marman and these are these are all victims that have um come out on their own to speak publicly about it so i didn't like dig for people that like were hidden because that's just disrespectful so people like to be private if they want to be private exactly yeah so this is harold marman um he when as he was growing up he had always kind of just been small for his age at 14 his parents actually enrolled him in a growth study at rockefeller university um under archibald so his summary was that his mother was actually told like when he would go in for his visits his mom would be told to stay in the waiting room he would then be brought back to like the examination area and he was always in the room alone with Archibald. Like he was never, there was never another nurse or physician present during this time. Which sadly, I feel like that actually happens way more often than you would like. Oh, I think it happens. The, and that's the scary part because 
as a mom, and I was thinking about it from like her perspective when I was reading on this, I was like, well, if the doctor is like, okay, stay here. Like, we're just going to go back and do some x-rays. You're not going to like. You don't know that you would think. I I, I agree. Right. I wouldn't like think anything would, of it. Yeah. Like you would never think, just as, assume that the doctor that's taken an oath is going to be taking advantage of your child. Like that would I never. I think now, I think now I would be like my like alarm would be going off a little bit more. I think just we're living in a little bit of a different world. Yeah. Um, you know, things have happened that have been very public. Larry Nasser, um, for example. Right. And I just think the concept of like leaving your children alone with a doctor um, just isn't as much of like a thing that would happen. But I think prior to like cases like that, I would have a hundred percent never thought about it. Oh, Absolutely. And I think a lot of it is processes are probably changing within the medical field now because yeah. of situations like Larry Nasser, which we you will like go into that eventually. Person. That's on my list. Yeah. yeah. Like it, like they'll, they'll make it possible where like, okay, you can't necessarily be in the room, but you'll be right outside the door. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Something like yeah. that. So, but anyway, so his mom was told to stay in the waiting room while he was by himself in the examination room with Archibald. So he was then told to undress head to toe. There was some, and I'm going to get into some graphic stuff, but there was some masturbation involved by Archibald, my understanding is to Harold or with him. Pictures were taken and they were always taken with a Polaroid. And he was given prescriptions for hormone therapy to help him grow taller. And uh-huh. some studies from other victims, which I they, they weren't like very public about their stuff. So I didn't really pull much detail from them, but some of them actually said that like, yeah, he gave me similar prescriptions and I literally had like tumors growing in my body. Like I have like long-term effects uh, from this. It's so bad. Yeah. No, so that's awful. The, his studies, Archibald studies required his like research students for the, um, I guess it would be technically a research study to come see him annually. So basically like an annual physician, like that was just their doctor. So he, they would go in annually and this would happen every year. And if they had to see him more often than annually, obviously it would happen more so than that. So mm-hmm. this particular victim, Harold, he actually dropped out of the research study in 1975 and then didn't speak about it until after he saw a New York times article where someone else had gone public about Archibald in 2018. Got it. Wow. So that's how many years is that, that he just like kept that in, like did not speak about it publicly, did not try to like, like charge for justice. Like that. A lot. That, and mean, that, and that's, assume he didn't... and that's what pisses me off about statute of limitations in some aspects. Yeah. Some people just aren't ready to talk about it. Right. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't give somebody like, oh, sorry, you were sexually assaulted. You have this time frame to deal with it. Like, no. Otherwise, just... like, he just gets away with it. Exactly. It's just not fair. So, or she, whoever the, yeah, you know, exactly. So, moving on to the next victim. So, we have Martin Cohen. He was 14 years old when he started seeing Archibald. Um, he actually requested to obtain his medical records uh, after this all kind of came to a head in the recent, like in the past, like five to 10 years when he started speaking out about it. So his situation was similar to um, the last victim. Like he would go back undress head to toe by himself. There was masturbation involved. There were pictures. 
and um, he obtained his medical records. And, and in his medical records, there was a note stated that he ejaculated on at least one occasion during a visit. Why the fuck would that oh. need to be included in a research study about human growth as a 14-year-old? Like, that is, it blows my mind. That's it makes disgusting. me sick to my stomach. Yeah. That's a baby. That's a literal baby. It's, yeah, it's an infant. So Ugh. um, he did see that within... Within his records, there were some, like, obviously, when you go to the doctor, there's release forms, right? So, yeah, of course, they have all of your signed release forms in there. So, in there, he found one record that he or his mother had signed, I guess, because he was a, um, uh, what's it called when you're not 18 years old? He's a dependent or a minor. Minor. Thank you. Um, it says, quote, I hereby give consent to have photographs taken of myself only for medical and professional purposes. Another form stated, I hereby consent that any routine treatment and diagnostic procedure which may be deemed necessary may be performed upon me, including physical examination and administration of generally accepted medication. None of that has anything to do with what he found in his file. So he had like hard evidence, which was convenient. I mean, it's, it's tragic you know, but it was convenient from a legal standpoint that that was yeah. in his file. Um, so the next victim that I have, her name is Gail Coleman. She was 11 years old when she started seeing Archibald. And um, she had similar acts happen to her. And she contacted the hospital in 2003 and requested her records, just like the other victim did. And she specifically had mentioned, like I watched a um, CBS News, they did a video story on her. And she said that she specifically remembers like he was always taking pictures of her. And there was one instance where I guess he like touched her, like he pushed her nipple really, really hard. Oh. And it like, it was just, it was a very weird interview. It, was, it wasn't like what, and it's more weird than normal, but what you would normally read about or research on when it comes to sexual predators like that's not a normal act really so it felt like there was some no. anger there but she did request her records from the hospital and there were no pictures included in it ew yeah so which means he them. right so he was taking the pictures and just keeping them for his own gratification um, and then just a few other victims that I did some research on that, the, again, these all had similar acts happen to them. Matt Harris was 14 years old. Robert Granado was eight years old. Mitchell Shear was five years old. Um, and then Rich Klein was 15 Ew, years old. old. Yeah. Rich Klein actually had been a victim of Archibald for 15 years. He'd been going to mm. see him for 15 years. Yeah. So a little bit about the hospital. So there was an official complaint that was publicized that there had been sexual misconduct during uh, physician visits. This complaint happened in 2004. But as some reporters started doing a little bit more digging, uh, some complaints actually went back as far as into the 1990s. So the hospital obviously knew what was going on and they were just covering it up. 
In October of 2018, hospital officials actually sent out a letter to thousands of his former patients. And I will, I'm not going to read the whole thing. We can post it on our Instagram, but the, it's basically just like, hey, you used to be a um, patient of Dr. Reginald Archibald. You good? Like, it like, wasn't like, yeah, no resources, no, or nothing. Like, just ch- casually checking in. Right. So, um, basically, one quote from it says, "Reach out if you have any information you would like to share." Like, cool. Yeah. So, another really awful, awful fact is that um, this doctor was actually part of the Madison Square Boys Club. So he was recorded. Rec- recruited as the club's medical professional so he had access to kids at any time um he actually there were reports he had been using the pool like the indoor pool facility at the madison square boys club in new york as the location for abuse yeah it's really sad so archibald dies in 2007 um i didn't look up why because i don't care and good for you (laughs) there were actually upwards of 500 cases that have been reported and it could be anywhere between 1500 to 3000 kids that he could have taken advantage of and some reports say that i know some reports say that it is actually one of the um highest numbered like pedophilia cases in the in the u.s that's like just no one talks about it like no one like i had never heard about it until I started doing this research. So um, here are some discredits from some of, because of course, if he's a research physician, he's going to be like publishing journals and and going on trips and teaching um, other hospitals and going to all these conferences. So some of the areas that were frustrating were some journals that had accepted his knowledge or his findings were like not editing things out and like not they were like refusing to take pictures out. Like there were pictures of like, there was one that I found that was a picture of a nude, a young nude boy. And right next to that was like an x-ray of like his hands and his feet. Like, yes, the x-ray of his hands and his feet are necessary, but he doesn't, but he doesn't need to be nude in that photo. No. Put him in, put it, let him stay in his shorts and a t-shirt. Like, and some journals are not, taking it out. Like, I'm just, I'm baffled. So in 1965, um, a journal of radiology that was published as a study of Archibald's um, contained pictures of naked boys. After receiving inquiries from BuzzFeed News, it posted a notice that its ethics committee was evaluating the article for, quote, issues regarding a Rockefeller University investigation. The journal also removed the article from the website, quote, due to sensitive nature of the investigation of Dr. Archibald, and out of concern for the privacy of the patients. So that's great and all. Like you're gonna you're gonna remove an article from your website, but like at least make a statement that you're gonna try to do some type of recall on the physical right. journals that are out there. Right. Um, like get them off the fucking streets. Right. And and another journal that said that they had no plans to look into the matter, it was the American Journal of uh and I don't think I'm saying this right, it's Roan Rount genealogy it's r-o-e-n-t genealogy um formerly it's the american journal of 
again, rodent genealogy, <laughs> radium therapy and nuclear medicine. Um, in 1963, it published an Archibald study about skeletal abnormalities in patients with developmental disorders, FAIR, um, but it featured pictures of naked teenage girls and was a nearly nude adult woman. So I don't know what nearly nude means, but clearly it was. I mean, scant- nearly nude would just be like probably in your bra and underwear. Scantily clad. Like it was enough. Yes. Yeah, um, a spokesperson said that the publication was not aware of quote, specific accusations of misconduct about the study, but quote, should be more in, should, should more information emerge, the journal will evaluate as appropriate. I'm thinking if there's 500 civil lawsuits in the works in the state of new york that might be enough yeah <laughs> like what else do you need um archibald yeah, and I know. Like, what, archibald, are they, what are they looking for i just don't i just don't know what they're waiting on but archibald's emeritus status had been uh rescinded and which it should be but all mentions of him were actually scrubbed from the hospital's website. So thank God for that. The university has set up a fund for counseling for victims and says it's added safeguards to prevent such incidents from happening again. So I appreciate that. It's definitely set up a fund for counseling victims. So good job there. And it's adding safeguards to prevent such incidents from happening again. I would be interested to know what those are. Um, I'm assuming it's kind of like you and I were saying how maybe they let the moms go back or the parents go back yeah. with the kids a little bit farther. Um, so that is the dirty. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about the Child Victims Act. Did you ever hear, Julie, did you ever hear when um, the governor of New York signed the Child Victims Act in 2018? Did no. you ever see that on the news? So Cuomo, Andrew he, Cuomo, yeah, I think so. He, we're going to uh, Google it. Yeah, we'll, we'll Google it. Yep, Andrew Cuomo, we're smart. Perfect. Cuomo. So he signed it in 2018, but um, some history about it. So the Child Victims Act, the CVA, ex- extends the statute of limitations for a survival, sir, I can't talk. Statute of Limitations for a Survivor of Child Sexual Abuse in Criminal and Civil Cases in New York. So, so it means that, that like makes it where the statute of limitations is longer. Yes. So essentially it means that um, there's now more time for a survivor of child sex- sexual abuse to press criminal charges, which is really awesome. And Good. in civil cases... Yeah. The CVA extends the period of time during which a survivor chi- for survivor cheese of child sexual abuse can file a claim for money damages. So CVA also allows claims to be filed against institutions that may have been involved in the abuse. So that would allow that would then allow the victims of Archibald specifically to not only try to charge a civil lawsuit against him but because he's no longer living they now have the ability to charge a criminal or civil lawsuit against the institution which would be rockefeller hospital 
Oh, well, that's good. No, that's really good because a lot of times if, if the perpetrator is deceased, who are you going to, who are you going to sue? Yeah. Like it's just, I guess it just dies with them, which is kind of right. shitty. Exactly. So it gives, it gives them another outlet um, that they can seek justice with, which is awesome. So judges will also receive special training in dealing with cases involving sp- child sexual abuse. That's part of the CVA, which I think is very, very important because I mean, I'm not a judge. I don't know any judges, but I feel like if you are in the middle of a trial and there are witnesses on the stand or you're dealing with multiple victims, I mean, the I will say the judge in the, um, oh, what's that guy's name again? We said it like four times earlier. Gymnastics. Larry Nasser. Yes. The judge in that case was amazing yeah not, she all, was not, all, bitch. not all judges are like that Mm-mm. have you seen so, some of the footage though of like i don't know you said you want to cover the master case but like the parents like there was the one dad that like literally tried to like beat his ass and like you could tell it like broke the police officer's hearts that had to stop yeah. him. And they're like, we can't let you like, we literally can't. And like, you like could the, tell that they wanted to let him beat his fucking ass. The poor bailiffs. Like you could tell they were like, I'm going to count to two Mississippi and then I'm going to walk. And yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. They were like, they were yeah. like, we're going to give you like a half second. And then we're going to like, we have to tackle you to the ground, but you like, could tell. They oh, sorry. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, <laughs> I know. They didn't want uh, to stop him. It was so bad. So, but to be specific, some of the adjustments that this actually made on the statute of limitations themselves. So before, survivors of child sexual abuse had from one to five years to bring a civil lawsuit against their abuser. That's ridiculous. One to five years. You'd still be a child in a lot of cases. So the one to five year time period started after the victim turned 18, though, which is good. So... <laughs> um, it gives them so say say someone was assaulted when they were five, they would have then thirteen years for that one to five year period to start. But still, eighteen years old, you're still you're little. Yeah, you're still working. You're I working mean, at your I was own a shit. You're trying to like be in a yeah, like you're trying to be an adult. Like you only have until you're twenty three years old to do anything about it. Like that's ridiculous. Crazy. So yeah. for for a long time. Um, it obviously had just been recognized that it was very difficult for survivors of child sex- sexual abuse to come forward, um, just given the fact that they would only be 23 years old and they have to come to terms with the trauma that they had been de- dealing with for so many years. Yeah. So as a result, many survivors would just would not pursue a claim for damages because they only had the one to five year time period before they were ready to start talking about it emotionally. Right. So now the CVA will help survivors by extending the statute of limitations from age 23 until they're now 55 years old, which That's is great. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. It's like necessary. Oh, for sure. I think, I think by the time you're 55, you've, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to speak for people that have been victims of child sexual abuse, but I just think that, you know, you've gotten a lot of life ahead behind you. Yeah, you probably have, like, new perspective and new sense of, like, the importance. And I don't want to say the importance of coming forward in a way to shame people that don't come forward Mm -hmm. because 
I understand all the reasons why people don't. And like, mm-hmm. I've never experienced that. But if I did, I, I can, I'm an empath. So like, I can put myself somewhat in the shoes of that people that have been through that and like, imagine what that must be like. And so like, I would never shame someone for not coming forward. But I think by the time you're 55 in your forties and your fifties, maybe you have children of your own. Like maybe, right. you know, you've just lived more life and you just have more life experience to say like, this is scary, but I need to come forward because of like X, Y, Z. Or maybe you've had time to kind of go through all the different phases of like grief, denial, anger. Like you've, you've had, you've had yeah, more like, time to process it. Right. And, and maybe you've had some time to seek some therapy and kind of figure out your way to seek justice. Um, yeah, exactly. But it, but it is, it is really awesome that they've extended that by that long. So um, but there actually is another really important part of the CVA, which applies to civil cases. So the CVA will allow survivors of child sexual abuse who were unable to file a lawsuit under the old law, so retract it, to have a one-year look-back period during which they can then file a civil claim. So that means... So basically anybody that fell under the old statute of limitations has a year. Yep. I wish that was more flexible. It's I do something, too. something, but I wish there was more. I wish they were like, oh, you have until you're 55. Yeah, like it just applies to everyone now. Yeah, That'd be great. I, I agree. Um, so basically that means that the civil case, which had already expired under the old statute of limitations, can now be filed within this one-year period. This is a very important right which provides survivors who would not have been able to file a claim previously to be able to file a claim for money damages now. It's like, give me more than a year. What if I, what if I didn't even know that this was happening and now I live in fucking California and I'm not yeah. in the state of New York anymore and I'm not aware of what's going on, right. but the, but the, but the abuse happened in the state of New York. So therefore it must file, be filed in the state of New York and yeah. I'm just not up to date. Like, that's just not fair. Right. But, I but I do love that they have extended the, um, the statute to 55 years old. I think that that's yeah. amazing. It's very important. It's an, it's a movement and a step in the right direction. Right. There's always more work to be done, but I just think I had no idea about this case and there's not a lot of information about it out there. I think a lot of it is because it's kind of like the Catholic church. A lot of this, the research that I did with this, I kept coming up with like basically spot, spotlight articles yeah. on, on like the Boston, um, ex, the diocese. Is that how you say it? I'm not a Catholic. I think so. You're talking about the priests? Yeah. Yeah. And like, the so. Spot, the spotlight crew? Yeah. yeah. So a, it was very similar to that, some of the research I was finding, because these are, this is a man who's in a state of authority, which like most predators are. Yeah. They're going to intimidate the person that they're grooming to be in this situation. Right. But it's almost like more of a mind fuck because you went, only went to go see him once a year. So as a right. kid, you're just, you're justifying it in your head. Like, Oh, that was a weird visit. And then you go the next year and it's the same thing. And you're like, Oh, I don't like that. But like, you don't necessarily know that there's something wrong. And then by the time you're 23 years old, you can't do anything about it. And then in my head, worst case scenario, you moved to California. You don't even know that this has happened and you missed the one year yeah. period to do anything about it. And maybe you had to send thousands of dollars in therapy and you would like to like, I don't know, get that. Exactly. Paper. Exactly. 
So still work to be done, but I thought it was a really impactful story. It was definitely different. I had never heard about it. Um, but at least we know this guy's resting in hell. Yeah, we can hope. I mean, it's like, it's, it is scary to think about. Cause like, did you watch the, uh, the documentary? Gosh, and I forget what it was called, but the it's keepers. the one about, which one? With the nuns, the keepers. I haven't actually watched that yet. Brandon and I almost watched that yesterday, but we decided to watch bring down the house instead, which I don't really care what your political opinions are. If you're listening, AOC is an impressive bitch, regardless of what you think, like politically, just from the fact that I'm talking about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah. She's really extreme. Like I, I will admit she's like far left and her policies. Sometimes I'm like, eh. but her as a human being, like watching that, is someone knocking on your end? Matt's making meatballs. <laughs> and I don't know why it's so loud. He must bang the meatballs. <laughs> um, but she, uh, this is a tangent, but it, this basically goes, um, the documentary is basically about like her campaign and like, it, you know, the whole thing was grassroots right. and like at the end, there's literally a scene where it's right after she finds out she won and she and her boyfriend go and they're like standing in front of uh, the white house. And then um, it shows them like scooting around and then she's like, sits down, they're like on bird scooters. And then she sits down and she's like, when I was little, my father took me on a trip to Washington DC and you know, her dad was, I forget if he was Dominican, um, probably going to get that wrong, but her father was a, a Latino immigrant and she was like, my father took me to Washington DC and he showed me the Washington monument and he showed me the like reflection pool and he showed me the, um, Lincoln Memorial. And he said, you know, we're Americans and like, all of this belongs to us. Like, this is the U S government. This all belongs to my you. Heart. Does that not make you want to cry right now? Oh. Brandon and I were crying yesterday when she, just that part, <laughs> of course, Brandon loves America. And like, Brandon was just crying. And like, it was like literally just the most moving thing ever that like a young woman from an immigrant family ran a grassroots campaign and now is a Congresswoman. Like it's crazy, but regardless, um, back to, no, we did not watch The Keeper. Sorry, that was the most hilarious tangent. I appreciated it, though. Um, Yeah, it made you feel some feels, didn't it? It did. We almost watched The Keepers, but we didn't. But the documentary I'm talking about is the one about the U.S. gymnastics team. Yes, I've seen both. There's one on HBO, and then there, or is it Hulu? And then there's one on Netflix. The one on Netflix is the one that I watched. And I know you said the other one was better, and I need to watch it's the other one. It's definitely better. But, like, it's really It's HBO, disturbing. 100% HBO. It's it's really disturbing to know everything that Larry Nasser did and like all of the women that he abused over such a long period of time and how many people either must have known or suspected that something was going on and never said anything and how US gymnastics like just quieted the parents and they were like, We're dealing with it, we're dealing with it, don't call the cops and like nothing ever happened and like it's just really it's it's wild. And Gabby Douglas is an icon. A queen. Oh. I love her so much. He's banging those meatballs. It's the meatballs. <laughs> I don't know why. Anyways. Everybody no, go watch yeah. the uh, gymnastics documentaries. Watch the keepers. 
watch bringing down the house. Don't pay attention to the politics of it. Just pay it. Just appreciate the, the human lady. effort. Just appreciate her as a human being and, and the efforts that she did. I, I think no matter who you are, if you're a human and if you're a woman, regardless of your political views, you should be able to respect what she did. Cause it's pretty amazing. I go watch it now. You oh, should also, go watch it in the beginning. It, it literally shows her like opening and closing her restaurant job and then campa- campaigning door to door. She's scooping ice out of the freaking ice machine. And then she goes and she uh, canvasses door to door for her campaign. Stop, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, it's so, fucking crazy. While we're talking about shows, um, Taste the Nation with Padma Lakshi. Haven't watched it yet. It's amazing. It. Oh my I've God. I've heard it's so good. And Brandon and I love those shows. And so, yeah, we it is like next so, time. and you know how her, her voice is just delicious to listen to. Oh, I love listening to her talk. She's like Beyonce to me, like just listening to her oh, talk. Oh God. It's I like, it's like Padma Lakshi, Beyonce, Matthew McConaughey, and Oh, Denzel I don't like Wa- to listen to him talk. Oh, I do. And Denzel Washington, like all four of them. Denzel does, Washington, yes. Give it to me. A lot of people like to listen to Matthew McConaughey talk. His voice irritates me. And the guy from the Allstate commercials. Yeah, it's the safe driver, safe 40% guy. His voice is delicious. His voice is delicious. So, but you know who's not? Reginald Archibald. No. He's a piece of shit. So there's that. But we're seeking justice, people. Love it. Make, we're making changes. All about justice. I still, this, this, I thought that I was going to feel better about the idea of statute of limitations after I did this subject and now I'm just more mad about it. So. Sorry. <laughs> I'm really mad. It really makes me mad. Did I make you more cynical about it? Cause I said, I wish there was more. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I do wish there was more though. What is the statute of limitations like in our state? Um, let me look and why up. is it not a national issue? Why is it a state-to-state issue, I wonder? Um, just like everything is. Corona, and they're like, oh, you can deal with it, states. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> Florida, you have all the rules anyway. Just do what Let's you see. want. Florida statute of limitations, child sexual abuse lol that i was doing this research on my work computer and they could probably... oh <laughs> um, you're gonna get ads just yeah. like i was getting ads for rehab after i googled what crack looked like oh god i still do i still get ads for rehab i'm like that was weeks ago get over it i'm not doing crack get over it okay so generally in florida many Causes of action must be brought within a four-year statute of limitations. Are you fucking kidding me? bullshit. However, in 2010, the legislature moved the four-year statute of limitations in the cases of where the sex abuse occurred in minors younger than 16 years of age. The reasoning is that in society's best interest to protect children from sexual abuse and to ensure that offenders are caught no matter if the abuse occurred months ago or years ago. That's just, that's like putting, that's like lipstick on a pig. You are not making it sound good. No. That's awful. We should do something about that. We should totally do something about it. Where is the petition I can sign? We'll find it and we'll post it. Let's do it. That's awful. Donna's Law. 
lifts statute of limitations on sexual childhood, childhood sexual abuse cases. The new Florida law, known as Donna's Law, took effect July 1st, 2020. Ooh. Uh, that should, in theory, make it easier to prosecute sexual abusers of children long after the child might have, the crime might have occurred. Do, 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 do. Let me get to the meat. Permits prosecution at any time for any sexual battery offense that involved a victim under the age of 18 as the t- at the time of the offense. Essentially, what it does is removes time limitations on which sexual battery on a minor can be prosecuted for the state of Florida. That's really awesome. By the way, I was wrong about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's parents or her dad. He was not an immigrant, but her mom was. He was actually born and raised in New York, but his mother was Puerto- her mother was Puerto Rican. So there you go. She's like, he's like, we moved here from the Bronx, honey. This is all ours. It is definitely all ours. I think she actually, oh is, I think she's actually from the Bronx. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to die. Matt I think she literally me. is from the Bronx. I'm pretty sure. Matt just texted me, big meatballs or small? Big, big balls every time. Big balls. I'm the bigger, the better with the balls. Anyways. Okay. Well, we should probably end it there. Yeah. You should probably end it on the note of big balls and go enjoy big your balls. balls. Oh, I'm so going to go enjoy the balls. They're going to be so good. Go enjoy your big deck. I will. Oh, my God. And big balls. Wow. We built a deck today, guys. That's the that's the big deck um, note. So can you go. post a picture of your deck? I don't want people to know what my house looks like. They already know where I live, so just imagine what a deck looks like, and then make it ten times better. That's what Julie's deck looks like. Thanks. Oh my god, you're so sweet. You're so sweet. Oh my oh, gosh. Follow us on Instagram, right. Twitter, and send us emails. If you don't know our handles by now, then you never will. (laughs) Julie says that because she doesn't know the handles and she's looking at me to finish the sentence. And I'm not going to. I'm just going to leave it at that. Don't do it. We're going to leave it at that. This one smells weird. Clink, clink, clink. Oh, I liked that noise. Yes.